Comedy Mushroom Cult Podcast. Oh, we're back. <clears throat> we even checked levels before we started. Alright? I know that this is like an ongoing bit just for me, uh, not anybody else. But it's important to me that I put out a high-quality <laughs> product for every single listener uh, to this podcast. Uh, you guys, you know... You take it seriously, uh, you share it to everybody you know, um, and I mean, by no means is this going to, uh, just not enough people listening to this, um, for me to take it as seriously as I do, um, which I mean, actually, it gets the uh, adequate amount of attention, and every time, so I did a show in La Crosse, Wisconsin this weekend at the main, um, and event space, um, it's great. It's a cool spot. Um, I love the advertising they do. It's actually kind of the perfect spot for me. The guy fucking gets it. Um, it's like the logo. It just says the main on their t-shirts. It's in a box. It's like old school, like early two thousands. Like let's make it look chic. Uh, not like the Iron Sheik, but let's, like, make it look clean, uh, make it look simple, uh, before we got, like, too crazy with, like, like, you could tell that he hired an, uh, like, a fucking, who are the people that, a graphic designer, uh, that was just like, oh, fuck, I forgot that I was going to do this for you. Um, here, does this look good? And it worked. Like, it really worked. And then even, like, the way that they set up the space. So anytime somebody calls themselves an event space, uh, you think, like, I don't know, you think where they put, like, baby showers or, like, where I had my high school graduation party with two other people because uh, we were poor and couldn't afford it on our own. So uh, we had to, like, match it together. And, I mean, we were, like, I, I was in a close high school uh, group of friends. So, like, it made sense to have, like, the three of us doing it at the same spot instead of having to bounce to four other spots. Um, so, I mean, you had that whole thing going on. Um Honestly, I don't remember why I started uh, the way that I did. Oh, yeah. So when uh, the host, who, like, was doing a good job. He's been doing comedy for nine months. He's doing well for nine months. Um, getting a legit hosting gig at that spot. It, it probably helps that there's seven uh, comedians in that area. It's La Crosse, Wisconsin. The closest place, I guess, is uh, Dubuque, I think they said. Um, which I would never have thought having any sort of scene at all. Um, Eau Claire was the closest one they said. So like, <clears throat> it's like an hour and a half away from Eau Claire. And obviously comedy is, it's like a disease. Um, it is spread all over the country. It is, and it's, it's taken a little bit longer than COVID-19, uh, but it's there. And so of course, like, why wouldn't it? People tried to start open mics in Fond du Lac, uh, here in, in Wisconsin when there's 15 people in Fond du Lac and they all get upset that like you're talking in the middle of them trying to drink away, remembering that they live in Fond du Lac, honestly. Um, so, you know, it, he is doing a good job. <clears throat> He's trying to do like the right thing in hosting and asking people for credits and what brings them there and all this other shit. So like, 
I don't know. I'm weird with credits. I don't like them. Uh, I think that they're pointless. It makes people's jobs harder. Like, the headliner, sure. But, like, people bought tickets to be there probably most of the time for the headliner. Um, now, this spot was completely different because, like, they put on regularly good shows. And it's Lacrosse, Wisconsin. So, like, it's not like they're getting Bill Burr at the main in Lacrosse. And that's fine. It's no slight towards them at all. They know where they're at. They're bringing in, like, for the money that they charge, they're bringing in high-quality talent uh, to a spot in lacrosse. I mean, I went there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, no, it's, like, one of those – it's it's important for, like, a room like that, supposedly, I guess, so, like, people will be like, oh, this is an actual person. But I feel like in a room like that, it super doesn't matter, especially if it's me who's doing it um, when I have, like, zero real credits. So uh, the guy's like, what credits do you have? And I was like, I don't Just tell him I came in from Milwaukee. A lot of times people think if you drive three hours, uh, you must be impressive. And it's very funny when, like, I don't know, just being from a specific spot, people think that you like people think Milwaukee's the big city, which I guess it is a big ish city. Um, but I don't know. I've been to real cities, you know what I mean? And so like going to lacrosse, which is actually a hidden gem in Wisconsin. It's gorgeous there. Um, but anyways, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish the point. So he asked me for credits and I was like, just tell him I'm from Milwaukee. And I was like, Oh yeah, I have a podcast. Uh, I should probably start uh, advertising it if I want anybody to listen to it. And, like, the number one way uh, for me to advertise my nonsense is when I'm on stage. Because that's when, like, that's when it all starts to make sense, you know? Like, if somebody were just to listen to this or just see my stand-up or just see my social media, like, separately, it kind of... Like, this is where it all kind of comes together, is the podcast. Like... I know what I'm putting out there. Like, my social media is nonsense. It's what it's supposed to be. It's early 2000s. We should have stopped at early Facebook before our parents got on it and our grandparents got on it. And we had to pretend like we were normal people. You know what I mean? Like, now that, like, our parents and grandparents are on social media, it makes us believe that we have... And it makes Facebook and them believe that they have to cater to like, white bread, middle America, um, who doesn't like weird shit, when the internet is made, and it's, it's them who ruined it, anyways, like, the internet's made for, like, niche funny things, it's made for, like, spreading nonsense conspiracy theories, but not taking it too seriously, but once it gets outside of that internet level of things, that's when it gets weird, like, that's when, like, all that fake news and when um, Facebook was putting, like, the COVID warnings on thing, the misinformation warnings, like, that was for the old people. Like, people our age, either they know better and are still going to spread it because it fits their, uh, what they're trying to do, or they just, like, laugh it off and move on like a normal person and kind of make fun of it because it's, like, on the internet and we can tell by tone and whatnot. But, like, old people are used to like, oh, if it's on the news, or it's in the newspaper, or if it's shared from fucking buttfuck media on facebook.com, like, it could literally be called buttfuck media, but, like, obviously, like, either the C, it'd probably be one of the T's, no, you gotta, you gotta knock out part of fuck, so, like, oh, they would do it, B-U-T-F-U-star-K, media, buttfuck media, right, so, like, they would, that's where they would, 
so it'd be like butt fuck, you know. But it, but but then there'd be like that fun little butt fuck part of it too, and they would share it like wildfire, wildfire. <laughs> um, they would share it. They would spread like crazy. Um, but no, like that's how I look at social media. Is I'm gonna post about ridiculous shit. I'm gonna post. Uh, I'm gonna call <laughs> Joe Biden a geriatric fuck because he is. He's too old and like. So we're going to do stuff like that, but if some, like, nice, random white person from La Crosse, Wisconsin, just saw that, they'd be like, this person's insane. But then they see my stage act, which is, like, it's it's not for everybody, but it's still, like, it's organized insanity. And then, like, they can see the podcast, where it mixes, or it's, like, my insane social media that, like, plays not by, like, the social media rules of today. It plays by the social media rules of yesterday. Thank you for tuning in to Radio WIRR, social media for yesteryear. Um, but then they, like, see it here, where it's just kind of off the top of the dome, kind like, trying to make it entertaining but also just like throwing it out there and seeing if something sticks so it's like that middle ground um so i think that it's important that i start telling people about it and maybe using it as a credit on um posters or something i don't know maybe some people will fall into it and actually like it so that'd be cool and then they would share it because lord knows the people who have been listening to it regularly haven't shared it enough um but thank you for your support and continuing on listening um I can definitely pay my bills off of uh, a baker's dozen, or it's more than that. Like, it's catching up. It's It's gotten more than that, uh, but not enough for people want to spend money on ads and whatnot. So, hey, if we could do that, throw some money on the Patreon. It's awfully early for a Patreon pitch, but it's fine. Um, but Patreon exists, patreon.com slash W-I-R-R, um, so I can pay my bills. But... No, lacrosse fucking ripped. Uh, worked with Trevor Anderson. He's a guy out of Minneapolis. Um, just a good dude. It was like one of those good old-fashioned... Like, if it would have been a weekend, it would have been a good weekend of shows. But it was just one. But it was like one of those perfect shows that, like, you're happy that it's... Like, it's the one show. Like, last weekend... Or the New Year's weekend. Like, the early show Sunday was fucking fire. Like, it was the best show of the weekend. And it's always... And it's always that. It'll always be, like, the second-to-last show when everybody's just, like, firing on all cylinders and it goes well. And then, like, the late show, you're just like, man, I wish it would have just ended after that early show. It was, like, the same... It was just an early show. And it was fucking fire. Like, um, 100... I think he said 125, 130 um, people from lacrosse came. Like, they didn't... They had to open up booth seating for everybody. Um... I I knew that I signed up for a feature spot, and feature spots are always interesting, uh, no matter where you go. Usually, like, the industry standard is somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes. Uh, so when, like, the venue guy's like, oh, yeah, just anywhere between 20 and 30. And 30 is, like, fine. I mean, I've got it. I, like, I'm here. I survived. Um, I did it. Um, but it's, like, one of those, like, fun in-between things of, like... 30 isn't quite headlining because like headlining's like that for like club headlining is like that 45 to 50 up into an hour like some people like to do an hour plus um but most of the time it's like that 45 50 to an hour somewhere in there where like featuring is 20 to 25 so like it kind of fits in there but they wanted a half hour so that was great to find out uh, right beforehand, because um, I mean I could do twenty twenty five in my sleep. Uh, a half hour, 
I, like now I've done it enough times where I can do it, but it's like one of those like, all right, cool. Um, are they going to like lose interest in my nonsense? So like I found, obviously I found my way of doing it, um, but just dismantled the room for 30 minutes. And I know that I like bring some like bravado and, and nonsense to this a little bit, but it was, it was maybe, I was just journaling about it, uh, this morning. It was maybe the best set I've had, uh, definitely of 2024. Cause it's the, the only real one of 2024 that I've had. Uh, and I even told that guy, I was like, it's kind of a bummer that this was the first weekend of this year, uh, because now, like, I'm going to be chasing that all year. And that's unfair to the rest of the year. Um, it's kind of unfair to myself um, to try to chase, like, a perfect 30 minutes. And it wasn't perfect. Nothing's perfect. But, like, it all envel- enveloped into a f- enveloped. It all enveloped. It, it all surround. It all holistically... There we go. Holistically, it was a it was a perfect set. Like it had its ups. It had like a couple down moments, but like we worked our way back into it. So it was great. Got to say God bless you to somebody in the middle of what should have been a, a punchline of my joke. But so it kind of ruined the joke, but I like got to win it back. I also said one of my favorite things cuz Lacrosse Wisconsin, if you look at a map, everybody pull your maps out uh quickly and flip to page 27 on your Wisconsin state map uh, and look at La Crosse, Wisconsin. It's right next to the Mississippi River and I thought the whole river was the Mississippi River and it was very funny uh, that there's a separate river and I'm sure it branches off at a different part and then like meets there so it's not the fine people of of La Crosse, Wisconsin's fault of doing it but if you were to think of like some sort of Wisconsin thing it would be that they would separate these two rivers uh where they meet and one of them is called the Black River and so like I like kind of let off I was like you have live in a beautiful town um you have a great river I thought it was just the Mississippi River but like of course we have to segregate the Black River um and pe- like instantly people were like in on it like that's one of those like all right let's do like a quick shot across the bow to see how cool everybody is and they were in and I was like all right cool like you you guys did the most Wisconsin thing by by segregating the Black River from the rest of the river um but then you did the least Wisconsin thing and were like super cool about it so I was very pumped. It was a very cool time. Um, but Trevor Anderson was great. The host was great. I forget his name currently. It's Andy. Um, I don't remember his last name. Let's look on the Facebook.com. Um, Andy Kurtzman. Um, cool. So Andy Kurtzman, uh, he was the host. And then uh, Liz Brannon was also on the um was also on the on the show as a guest set um so it was great it was a good time um ran into friends from college uh that came uh she sent me a very nice text afterwards and it's a very fun uh thing like it's it's a very fine line between like fuck everybody i'm gonna do it my way uh, and like eventually people will start noticing. And then as soon as somebody notices, you're like, oh yes, this is what like this approval is what I've always wanted. This is what we're always going for. Like, this is why we get into it in the first place is because like, we want that attention and that acceptance that we didn't get, uh, in somewhere or most of our lives. And it was a very nice thing because you can, like when I talk about comedy, I talk about it like an unhinged person. I understand that it's not cool to like put everything not 
at a certain point in my life, how a set went or how comedy was going is how my life went, right? Where now it's more of like, it's what I do. It's what I think about all the time. I care about it the most, right? It's what I'm meant to do. It's what I'm supposed to be here to do. Whether it is a path to like something bigger at some point, I know everything that I will do good for the world will come through a comedic lens of some sort. Like comedy will be the way that I get there. So I take it so seriously, whether it's, whether this is where I max out with it, I want to take it this seriously, or if it ends up being, like, president because I was so funny for so long. You know what I mean? Something like that. But I take it in explaining it to people and then, like, watching them just be, like, wildly confused about it and then seeing me do a show like that and then being like, oh, like, that, like, okay, the way like you weren't just blowing smoke up people's asses like this is what you want like that is what i want to give to the world it's just like a truly smart authentic interesting act about like things that you're and it's in my stupid bio that i wrote about myself like it's stupid things that like you're not supposed to talk about but like you should like why religion's weird or like how the fucking rivers are segregated or like a certain point in the show some guy had like a sweatshirt that said central um and then i asked if that was one of the high schools in town and he said yes and there's another one and like it was like the rangers and the river hawks were the one the river hawks used to be uh the red raiders and they were like but because people like it wasn't politically correct or it wasn't woke and i was like hey hate to break it to you if it would have just been the raiders cool but like in a town uh with an obvious native american name and like a bunch of native american statues everywhere uh and you call your high school the red raiders it's 100 percent. and like it was just like a nice fun moment of like being able to just be like I understand where you guys are coming from this. Like, you grew up with, like, the Red Raiders as a thing. It maybe doesn't mean that to you. Like, it doesn't mean a bunch of, like, fucking engines coming in and, like, stealing and raping all these white people's wives and shit, uh, even though you're on their land. But, like, history exists, and that's the connotation, that calling them Red... Like, you can't have the Redskins. Like, you can't have the Red Raiders. It's just not... Like, and I'm sure they had, like, a very... Like, I'm sure there was, like, some sort of, like, Indian chief on there. So, uh, but it was, like, a very good, like, self-aware kind of crowd that was just in for a good time and in for fun. Um, and it was a good time, and I loved it so very much. Uh, went to, like, uh, Liz, Andy, and Trevor and I all went to a cool little, like, hideaway, speakeasy-ish kind of bar. It was called The Starlight um it was like above some like restaurant it was cool it was like old timey it was kind of filled in like a 40s kind of theme it felt like you know when you walk into like an old bowling alley where they have like the cigarette thing still where you can like buy a pack of cigarettes by like pull like you put the money in and you like pull the thing and a pack of cigarettes falls in kind of had a feel like that but like upscale and it was nice. I would go to it in the daytime just so I could see all of, like, the cool, uh, gaudy furniture and shit like that. Um, but, in, but like, in nighttime, it was a great vibe. So, I mean, it was nice. It was a good hang. Had dinner uh, with Trevor before. Um, hung out at the hotel bar with Trevor for a little bit after. Like, it was, like, a perfect comedy weekend of doing all of that. Um, 
and it was like I sold out of coffee, so like I for sure have to find new coffee, and I've been working on it. Don't you worry about it, coffee club members. Um, you'll have like a new kind of coffee coming this month uh, once I get it dialed in, and I get and I can kind of send it out to everybody. So I'm psyched about all of that. Um, but it was a very encouraging first show of the year, and like. Yes, New Year's is supposed to be, like, a big thing. It's supposed to be a new start, fresh start. Uh, but, like, I've kind of, like, I started the new job at the ReStore. Um, I am, like, doubling down on the comedy side of, like, it was just, like, a very good, like, all right, you're on the right path. I was having, like, a very, like, what's the word I'm looking like, uh, imposter syndrome kind of deal um, where I was, like just not like it it was like the first real show since I like did this and you're just like what if this doesn't work out um like what if everything falls to pieces and then you just have a good show like that and you're like do you know what no I I kind and like merch sold well the fucking the show paid well like everything just lined up it was like all in the right amount of time and it was like this is what we needed this is like why can't it always be like this and i know that it can't always be like that but it's like a good one right off the rip just to be like this is like this is what we're doing it for um which is good so like any time that i'm like offered to to host <laughs> the golden globes or something um i'm I'm able to to know that that might not be for me, um, but if they asked, obviously I would do it. Uh, Joe Coy probably shouldn't have done it last night. Um, I don't want to shit on Joe Coy for his Golden Globes uh, monologue because I know – so he was told on the 21st he was announced. So he had like 10 days, I think they said it was, uh, to do it, and just like – the power of saying no, like 10 days, there's not, that's not enough time to do a monologue and like on national television and in front of some of like the most famous people in the world who are like the best at what they do. And award shows are all nonsense. We can agree on that. Um, but like, that's these people, like whenever we have like comedy festivals and shit, this is their comedy festival. They all get to go get dressed up get to fucking look good, get their picture taken, talk about their film, get a get an award so next time that they go like this is their credits. Like this is how they get their credits of like I'm a Golden Globe award winner or nominee. And he just like went in and just he bombed. Like it didn't go well. And I mean, it's not going to. He had 10 days to put together a monologue and they had 10 days to put together a show. So obviously it's not going to go well. Uh, the writer's strike was happening. That was, like, the big reason why they didn't have, like, people writing for it already. And um, and he bombed. And bombing happens. Like, Ricky Gervais bombed at the Golden Globes all the time because he was going right at people's throats. Uh, where this one, he did a very interesting thing that I might steal. Um, next time I'm having a bad set of just being like, yeah, these writers uh, fucked me. <laughs> like, even though I'd be the one writing everything. Um, and he just, like, it was a very cool, like, part of me is like, hey, let's be professional and just, like, eat the bomb. Just eat it, take it, and then do it on a podcast later, right? Do, like, some sort of, like, hey, this is what actually happened. This is the whole thing. Um, but he just was straight up, like, hey, uh, I wrote some of these. I didn't write all of these. You can tell which ones I wrote because they're the ones you're laughing at, right? Which is a great way to just be like, hey, fuck you. I'm doing the best I can. Um, but you know, he didn't, uh, do the best ever and that happens, but like maybe let's, I don't know, let's not throw everybody under the bus. 
Which is fine. I mean, cool. It'd be great. I love doing that. I love throwing people under the bus. But, like, this is when people... Like, people only had 10 days to write you jokes for this thing. So, I mean, your jokes might be working better. You're a professional comedian. And sure, the writers should be better as well. Hopefully, they're more uh, versed in what's going on in that community of, like, film and television. But, I don't know. No excuses. Play like a champion, I guess. You kind of just go out there and you let it swing, and if you and if you fuck up, you fuck up. And he should know; he knows better than that. But I feel like a big part of him, and I've listened to a podcast about it today, where people are kind of shitting on him about it and saying he's like a pretty successful comedian. He's one of the most successful comedians in the world. Like to say that he's pretty successful, like this, I will absolutely not let anybody undermine Joe Coy's work uh, just because of this one monologue, right? Like, it's not good. He didn't do a good job at it, but he's still Joe, Joe Coy. Like, he's still one of the best to ever do it. Uh, ticket sales. Um, his fucking Joseph joke. Like, I can still almost recite. I mean, you understand, like, the point of it. So, like, you understand why he got the hosting gig. Uh, you understand why it didn't go well. But, like, I refuse to let people be like, well, this was his biggest gig. It's not his biggest gig. He's still got his fans that are going to go, and he's going to still catch people. So, like, I don't think he shouldn't have done it, obviously. Like, if somebody asks you to host the Gold, if somebody asks me to host the Golden Globes tomorrow, I'm going to jump on it. Um, it's not going to be good, but, like, maybe some people will see it, and they'll just be like, oh, he hosted the Golden Globes, and now that's a credit, and they can come see, like, actual things that I've been working on for more than 10 days. Like, that's kind of what the point is, but you also can't just be like, well, the writers fucked me. Uh, like, I'm actually funnier than this. The writers fucked me. That's kind of where I think it took it south, which it could be true, which, great, I'm glad... It, I 100% believe that the writers might have fucked him, and I don't think they did it on purpose. I just think they weren't as good at writing jokes as Joe Coy might be. Uh, that's why his jokes did better. But you also can't just be like, hey, fuck you, writers. Like, this is right after the writer's strike and just pointing out maybe, like, that's why the writer's strike should keep going. <laughs> it's like, hey, these guys, did maybe we should have let AI write these jokes, which obviously we should not have. But um, I don't know. It's a, it's just a very funny thing watching some people shit on Joe Coy, who have, like, one, never picked up a microphone, or two, have picked up a microphone and know how hard it is, but, like, refuse to believe that they would be put in the same situation. Like, 99.9, like me, I'll speak about me, I'm not gonna talk shit about other people. If somebody gave me 10 days to be on the Golden Globes, I don't care how long I've been doing it, I'm gonna shit bricks. I'm probably not gonna sleep for 10 days, trying to get a good monologue going. You don't even have enough time to go workshop these jokes like that's the other thing like people who host the oscars and golden like they go and workshop these jokes and like monologues and shit do that at, like they do it at mics and shit or at shows around town and like try to like nail it down and he didn't i'm you don't have enough time to do that to write and like you're just doing it on the fly so i would freak out i know i would freak out uh and I'm sure Joe Coy had that. And at a certain point, like maybe, and I do it too when I'm bombing. I'll be like, look, I know what's going on here. I'm eating dicks right now. Uh, and the thing is, like you're mad about it. 
can you imagine how mad I am about it? I've been thinking about it for 10 days, and I've been thinking about it all day, like literally all day. I got dressed up in a suit. There's cameras here. Millions of people on television are going to see this. I've been thinking about this. This is my stupid voice and my stupid words that are coming out here. You think that you're bummed out about this? I'm bummed about this. And sometimes it turns the crowd. Uh, but other times, uh, when you throw the writers under the bus, uh, and I think that that's maybe what he was doing is like, hey, you guys know how a bad script is, and like maybe that could turn, and it didn't, and that's just that's almost where it became even funnier. So like, no notes for me because I couldn't have done it better, but maybe just don't throw the writers under the bus. Just maybe turn it on yourself a little bit. Um, even though like Hollywood actresses and actors don't. Hollywood actors overall. Actress is a bad word to say currently. Like, you're not supposed... Everybody's an actor. All right? Sorry that society just smashed that into my head. Actors take themselves very seriously, even though they're saying other people... Like, it is so crazy when actors improv something that, like, people will be like, he improv this line. And it's based off of other people's lines. That's not improving the line. That's just changing a line that was already written for you. Like, that's not, like, you know what I mean? You can't, like, that's what they take seriously, and that's what film people like, is like, oh, off the, this take, one of his thousands of takes that they did on this, he thought of changing the word to this, or he kept the scene rolling, and, like, came up with one extra sentence himself, and that's the take they took. Alright, cool, Joe Coy had to do it fucking live, and if, you know what I mean? So, I don't think uh, he should be villainized for this i think that this one will just kind of be forgotten honestly give him a go give him a run back just book him now so we can work on it for next year and let it go that's how i feel about that um but honestly take it very seriously um everything should be taken seriously um what was the last note that i had um oh yeah i don't know it's one of those i got asked and i just got like I got uh, confirmation that it's a real thing. Um, I got asked to be part of an editorial for uh, some online magazine thing. Uh, so I have to respond to that guy after this. And it's a very weird thing for me of like, like Brad Williams always says, no matter what you're doing, you're always a comedian. So try to make it funny. But then there's also like, uh, if somebody wants to talk to me about my story and what, how I create, like, that's not like a funny thing. I'm funny enough off stage. I think I'm a, an affable person. If I'm using that correctly, I feel like I'm an interesting person to talk to. I know a lot of about a lot of things. Um, I can make things that aren't funny, funny. Uh, but when you put me on the spot, maybe I'm not going to be like the most entertaining interview. Um, and obviously like I'll be able to talk to the guy and figure it out, but, um, and it will be helpful to have somebody like, it'd be nice to have somebody do an editorial about something I talk about. Like if I went on a podcast and just rambled for two hours and have somebody take it into like a coherent story, maybe that's what I need. Um, but it's like, how seriously do I take it? Like, should I be answering their questions here? Or should I just, like, try to throw my, like, stupid little puckish spin on it of, like, what... That's the weird thing about this business, if we want to let me jerk myself off a hot second here. Not like this entire podcast isn't about uh, me uh, talking about myself and what's going on in my life and how I feel about things. But let me 
let me take away from that for a second and talk about me for a second and how difficult certain things are for me. Um, <laughs> but like, how do you, like, when do you take it seriously? When do you, um, do the whole damn thing of like, I'm an artist and I take my art very seriously, which I do. And we, we know it's true. But also, when do you, like, because, like, that can come off sanctimonious. I think I try to do it in a very honest way of, like, I understand how much and how ridiculous this is to take it so seriously. But, again, it's my thing. It's my stupid thing. It's the thing that is so stupid to everybody else that I take so seriously. Um, like, just like your thing is stupid. And, like, your fucking, your job as fucking data entry person for fucking fiesta foods all right you take it seriously um you're trying to work your way up the corporate ladder you're trying to take everything and it's the same thing for me of like i want to take this interview seriously like it'd be super cool to do and it like let's say somebody sees it and like falls in love with it and then sees one of my clips and like it can be something to something but again it's also an editorial and a thing that i've never heard of so part of me just wants to be like all right fuck it but again like these people are probably doing their thing that they care about where it's not like the wall street journal now if like the wall street journal reached out to me i would have to just like shit on it a lot right like and that's where do i take this person like because i'll know somebody who's like associated with it like what if they end up working for the wall street journal and then i have to be like hey just so you know i might not be the person to put your name on for this because i'm just gonna give you nonsense and hope that you still print it and like people are gonna see it where if you're going to ask me about my life story, I mean, it's not like the most happy life story. <laughs> like, it's not like, do you want, uh, do you want like the real story of where it's at? Or do you want like the, the fun, like shiny, uh, funny aspect of it that I bring to the stage and put my turn on? Like, it's that like comedy or comedy is just tragedy plus timing. I think it's also an outlook. I also think it's like the way that I, um, it's like the lens that I see things through of like, okay, this sucks, but like, there's gotta be something interesting and funny about this. And that's where I like get a bunch of shit from. Um, but it's also like, okay, maybe it will come off as like not funny in black and white, you know, like, it, I don't know. So it's one of those like fun, like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I just need to figure out the angle I'm going to do it and how seriously I should take it. Like, am I going to make it this podcast where... I'm talking about some things seriously and some things not, and you have to understand the tone, and it helps because you can, like, hear my stupid voice. If you're a Patreon member, you can see my stupid face while I'm doing it and giving, like, stupid little smirks while I'm doing a sales pitch and feeling like a whore. Or is it going to be, like, an article where somebody's going to be like, ugh, <laughs> like, maybe that tone doesn't come through in writing, which I understand mine might not. So... Um, that's going to be interesting. I'm going to have to figure out how to do that. And it's not something that anybody really makes you ready for because I would definitely love to do this. And I would love to see my stupid name in print or on some website that I heard about just this morning. I want to. Um, but I also don't want to fuck myself, uh, by giving some opinion that I truly believe in, uh, that's not super popular <laughs> when it comes to other people. So I'm, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Um, so I'm excited to do that. There's a lot of cool shit going on. Um, I'm going to update my website today. This will be uh, your tomorrow. Because uh, now that I have Mondays off, I have time to do this and I don't have to rush it. Um, so I can do that. So um, whoisrayroberts.com. 
go to that, see dates coming up. Um, I'm all over Wisconsin the rest of this month. Um, next month in Erie, PA, going to be in Brooklyn, uh, New York, Brooklyn stand up. Um, but stand up as in comedy. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be in Brooklyn, New York. First time doing a set in New York city. So like, that'll be cool. Um, hopefully I get famous from my one set in New York city. That's how, uh, stardom works. You go, you do one set at like a booked open mic kind of deal that I don't even know if I'm getting paid. Um, just doing it because it's in New York and Joe Briggs runs it and I love and miss him. So like maybe we'll see. We'll see how it stands up there. Like, I was surprised how well my shit did in Los Angeles in front of people who English wasn't their native language. Um, I'm excited to see how people of New York deal with it. Um, so it's going to be fun. But yeah, whoisrayroberts.com. Uh, you can fill out the thing and uh, hire me to work one of your shows or something. That'd be cool. I would love to come to your town. Um, but really, please share this. Uh, share my stupid reels. Uh, it helps more than you would know. It takes five seconds for you to do. You can even put like, a, this is my friend. I don't agree with everything he says, but I think this is funny. Put that in your like little shared caption thing. Hey, maybe this isn't for you, but I get a laugh from this. Uh, maybe you will too. So wouldn't it be cool to like be one of the first people like wouldn't it be nice if you could be like before fallout boy got super successful you like people were like totally in and then they started getting super successful and people were, like you guys sold out and it's like well that's kind of paying my bills is not the same thing as selling out okay now if you see me in blackface on snl like uh jimmy kimmel or jimmy fan like any of the famous jimmies um or really anybody, uh, that, like, if you see me on Blackface and SNL, just know that the bag was so, so big, I couldn't turn it down. Like, that was enough money for me to just, like, hide in a cabin for the rest of my life and write shitty books or, like, do just the podcast, okay? Like, just know. Like, love or hate Joe Rogan, he did it the right way. He made enough money playing an Italian stereotype on television and then worked doing fear factor just doing the most ridiculous shit and now he's got enough money to do whatever the fuck he wants and he did what he wanted he set up he made his own town he made his own comedy scene filled with people he wants around there like not to the same extent of like denying covid and like trying to bring in people that are gonna and which i probably would i mean i would definitely i would love to interview donald trump like fucking bring it on like that'd be great um i think that we would have a very engaging conversation because just imagine um but like he's doing it the way like just like so if i do something stupid like that uh just know that the bag was so big that i couldn't turn it down and that yes i did sell out just so i could do my secret dream of just like having enough money to never have to work again unless i want to and disappear into a cabin uh in northern wisconsin where i can like charter a helicopter from like an apartment in Chicago up to northern Wisconsin where nobody can talk to me and nobody can find me. Just know, like, if you see that, just know that that was the amount of money we're talking about, all right? Everybody wishes they could sell out, um, but I want you guys to be mad when I sell out. I want you to be the original people, so share it to people and then have it so I can sell out, and that'll give you, like, a righteous indignation of, like, we helped this guy build his empire, and now we're going to help tear it. Like, get me to that point, and then what you do, I don't give a fuck. But yeah, whoisrayroberts.com, uh, patreon.com slash were. 
W-I-R-R. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. This year's off to a hell of a start. We got so many more shows coming up. Uh, we got so many more cool things to keep going here. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Patreon people, uh, pause for a second. We're going to get to the song. But uh, thanks, audio people. I love you. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you later.